welcome to the podcast of Of Course They Make Me Crazy. It's about crazy family stories. We all have one, right? More importantly, it's for those of you living with someone who suffers with a mental illness. You can start to feel lost in their world. Now, I get it. I grew up with a bipolar mom addicted to pain pills. Hoping the stories shared here will help you through difficult days. It's not all serious. We laugh and joke, too. If you have little ones around, pop in your headphones. Adults only, please. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast of Of Course They Make Me Crazy. I'm April. Thank you so much. So, okay, the goal of this episode this week is to find your fighter spirit. Yeah. Or to regain your fighter spirit, right? You know, it depends on on where you stand. And it also does not matter what your fight is because we got some nuggets for you, no matter where you stand, insightful nuggets. So the pretty blonde next to me is my good friend, Nicole Moses. Hi, girly. Hey. Okay, so I'm, I'm so excited to have you because I know your story is, is really going to help those who are watching right now to get back into the mindset of, of, positivity it really um and i know that you're gonna help them be kinder to themselves after this episode and and to be more mindful of their their thoughts and we're gonna explain why but nicole before um you and i really start to get into your story i want to start off with reading a facebook post uh, i think you posted it last week um and i'm gonna read it okay so it says, uh, life can change, we can change, dark times don't last, but the journey, the fight, the belief, and the hope led me here today, and by gosh, I am grateful to dance, and to smile, and be goofy, and to love again, <laughs> and then she ended it with a little prayer emoji, signed off, fighter spirit. So that is why I want to call this podcast, you know, change it up a little bit and call it finding your fighter spirit, because I know that that's what you really had to do. You had to fight to get to where you are today. And it makes me uh, so proud. And I just loved reading that post. Um, So, okay. So now that I kind of showed where you stand today, you know, beautiful, bright eyed, um, you know, in, in your thoughts and your life, let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about your story. So you were in an abusive relationship with a man that his career is about saving lives. He's a firefighter, still is, but, um, you all met at the gym, right? So like at the gym, I'm just going to assume that it was like pure, like physical attraction, but, that was not the case for you, right? I mean, it was for him, obviously. I mean, if you walked, listen, I used to own a fitness studio and Nicole walked in and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, I, you know, but I mean, just like as a friend, as a spirit, as the energy, you know, uh, because you, you give off such good energy, but, um, you know, so get, take me into that time where, where you guys met because he really had to, to work on you. 
Um, so it was, uh, I was just going in for my regular workout at, uh, at the gym and walked up to the front counter, just wanting to get a free pass for one of my employees. Um, cause she was interested in doing a workout and I was like, just use a seven day free pass. I'll get one for you. Yeah. Um, I went up to the counter and they were like, you're going to have to go and speak with D over there in the corner. And I was like, what the, well, that's weird. Like. I kind of feel like all sales associates in the gym are more than capable of handing over a, a free pass for you. Um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, maybe this is something new. And right away, I could tell you, I didn't know what that that um, hesitation or like that that little flick in your stomach was, um, which I ignored. But I I was walking up my way towards him. And I was like, this is a very angry and very solemn kind of fella. And don't get me wrong, a very good looking, you know, like it was back in the day when I really went for like the, the muscle type. Um, and um, I went and started talking to him. I'm like, hey, I just need a free pass for one of my employees. And he was like, well, why? And it, I was like, uh, so I can gain you more people that come to this gym. It was just weird. Um, for someone in charge to be kind of engaging in conversation, but it was in the beginning was scary. Like something was wrong. Um, it was maybe five minutes after speaking to him that like he kind of shifted personalities and started to show a little bit lighter side, kind of humorous, I guess. Like I didn't, I really wasn't feeling it. Um, yeah. and then the pass and, and continued, you know, doing my workouts, um, which over time we, um, I started noticing a little bit weirder things happen, which is, you know, he would, I started noticing that he was always at the front counter when I would check in, he would always be the one checking me in, um, when I was doing my workouts. I mean, I remember one time that I was doing some squats and in the mirror in the back like hidden behind the corner I could see his face kind of mm -hmm. peeking checking me out and like not in a good way like this was like I was like this dude's really creepy so, Interesting. Um, so you weren't like oh, I look so good he's checking me out you know like it just yeah okay <sighs> yeah he definitely gave me some scary vibes but was this is what was interesting about the whole kind of dynamic is that um, I really did feel like probably eventually I was getting groomed. Um, I was, a you know, I was prey um, because he wouldn't let up. And it was over a couple of months of, you know, coming into the gym and he started talking to me a little bit like more of a human. Um, and it would run from five minutes. And then as time went on, I would notice that I was spending, you know, three hours in the gym because the first hour I was talking to him. So um, some weird things started to happen then. And that was way before like our first date. So. And so what made you think, because, you know, people probably sitting back and listening to this are probably thinking, well, what the hell, you know, how did she get into a relationship if she was getting these these weird vibes, you know, from this guy. Um, so did he, because I know, you know, you and I talked about this prior. 
obviously big time narcissist, you know, and so, and we also talked about how they operate, right? So they can tell instantly when you're starting to feel like they're being creepy. And then, and then they can quickly switch and, and put on the nice guy, like, oh, she's not, she's not feeling this hardcore vibe. I need to like do a 360 and be like, hey, you know, kind of thing and reel you back in. But what was it about him that made you connect eventually? Um, he actually, you know, um, I think it was like, in a sick way, it was his determination to like have a date, right? Yeah. Um, so I was willing to go out on a, a date and this is, you know, months after our first initial meeting. Um, and even then, like the, you know, the first date just felt off with the guy. Um, it, it definitely wasn't something where you're just like, oh, I hope to see you again. It was just something was off. It was almost like I was be being presented with a good looking, amazing, what appeared to be a kind hearted human being. Um, and I was confused because I think that was the time when like my gut was like, something's not real about this whole thing. But I stayed connected probably because of looks, probably yeah. because I don't have like the um, self-confidence that um, I should have had. Um, you know, sometimes you kind of judge the way that like, you know, good looking guys like you and you're like, oh, maybe I'm pretty. And so you, you, you almost excuse the actions that you're receiving. You're like, nah, okay. No, I, I get it. I mean, I think all of us women at one point and, and maybe if you haven't, you know, if you're listening and you haven't, um, had this, but like, I mean, I dated this guy you know, six, five, great looking. I mean, I was like, I felt like he and I were like, oh, you know what I mean? Like we were like the couple. I mean, I remember people when we'd walk in, they'd be like, God, you guys are, you know, such a good looking couple. Oh, and I'd be like, oh, you know, and I just felt like this, this, um, that, that I glowed when I was with him. But truthfully, I didn't because um, he was just like your guy. You know what I mean? Like I still had this weird feeling in my gut that there was something off and there there truly is i mean we didn't get and we did not escalate into a physical relation i mean you know a, a physical um you know he never threatened to harm me or anything like of that sort but there was a lot of emotional abuse so much that i mean i started seeing a therapist just because of what he was putting me through. And by God, if you all already know my story, you know <laughs> that <laughs> I probably should have been seeing a therapist a long time ago for my family situations. But this guy was the one that took me to that point, you know? And um, so I get where you're coming from in regards to uh, them pulling you in and, and um, you feeling a certain way when you're with them, but then in a certain way in your gut, your gut and your intuition and God and your guardian angels are probably telling you run like hell, you know, because uh, he's not the one for you. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I completely get that. Okay. So you guys um, are dating and, it, but I mean, Nicole, it got so bad to where like he was, he, he physically started to harm you 
And um, at what point in your relationship did that start to happen? How did that all kind of progress? Is there anything maybe for someone who's listening um, to this, you know, it, were, were there any signs of him potentially going this way or did it happen just one day or one night where you all escalated into an argument and then it just took off from there? Um, I would say it was little things, right? So the goal of a narcissist is to slowly break you down where you start to question your own thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. so yeah. Trust your own thinking. You're like, because you really don't want to be that crazy chick. Um, <laughs> you know? Like, you don't. You don't. Damn it. But it happens to all of us sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I guess he, um, the first, the first action I would say was probably um, pretty quick. It was like a, a month into us dating. Um, and, and in that month, just know it was little comments. Okay. So I started, I started longing because the the um, the criticism was way more than like the really good stuff that he would say, right? It was always a lot of bad. Like, um, you know, a hug would be here, and he would grab my skin and be like, "Oh, I'm packing on the pounds," um, or he would make fun of how I did my makeup, or how I wore my hair, or um, you know, he would, he, they, they know you intimately to mm -hmm. know what's going to cause you to like freaking spiral because yeah. it hurts when they say that. Yeah. Um, but the first action was actually a wrestling match that him and I had, which I thought was supposed to be fun. And in that wrestling match, he literally freaking threw me to the ground where like you're sliding on the carpet and he Oh, it gives me chills. <laughs> like, um, the laugh that he did afterwards, um, I was in utter shock because I'm a girl and what he just did was incredibly powerful. Not even like, I wasn't even, that's not even a, like, like fun wrestling. Like you, you turn this into like, you, you pushed me. Right. Um, right. I remember just this pit in my stomach, like that was wrong. Yeah. Um, and his laughter was supposed to shoo it off. Like, ah, come on, get up. Like, you're not that weak, you know, that kind of thing. And so that was the first time that, um, it started to escalate. It got worse as time went on. Um, yeah, and then you hear you are thinking, well, shit, maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe I am being, yep. you know, uh, too, too sensitive about it. But then you're like, oh, no, but then I mean, he really, I mean, that was like way overboard, but then he did go overboard. As you said, it continued to escalate. There was a time where he, you know, threatened to cut your body up and throw you into the woods. And, you know, yeah, tell me a he, little bit about that. Well, it, um, it got, you know, worse as in, um, he would go for the neck and, pin me up on the wall and raise me. Yeah. Um, if, um, and you're just shaking. There's yeah. times when he showed me his gun. Um, he forced me. I had a, a cross necklace on my neck because of my belief. And he told me to take it off. And then after I took it off, he raped me. Mm -hmm. um, he, you know, 
he gave me a date rape drug and I woke up. During that time, you know, because like, you know, like, you know, look, looking at Nicole and, and this is what I told her too. Like when she stepped foot in my studio, I was like, I would never have ever imagined anything. And I don't mean to stereotype. I mean, you know, my mom went through a very abusive relationship. We spent years running and hiding and, um, and I was telling Nicole, she, she slept on the couch until, until she passed away like three years ago, because she was always afraid, even though she married an amazing man. Um, she was always afraid, you know, that other man was going to come back to do something to her, right? Because she was living the best life. She was living a better life, you know, than he could ever imagine. And, you know, well, to a certain extent, meaning, you know, I think he broke her so much that, Obviously, we, we know her situation, but um, my train of thought, I was, I forgot what I was going to say, um, you know, but where, where I was, oh, you know, just looking at you and, and, and knowing and, and, you know, you would just never guess that someone, you know, with, with your beautiful smile and, and it was so cute because you actually froze with that cute smile of yours actually froze. <laughs> it's crazy, like mad here in Colorado. So like the reception is kind of nutso, but, um, you know, I, I, you would have never guessed that, but during that time, you, you started to seclude yourself and you started to feel just lost in life and in dark. And you started to, um, you know, really not reach out. I mean, you had your girlfriend, you know, your best friend, and she was a little confused by everything, but you really started to close yourself off, didn't you? I did. I, um, I grew increasingly angry. Um, I hated the world. Um, I was frustrated with trying. I was, I really, I really did go into a, a, a really dark time, um, where, I couldn't even recognize myself because um, I felt like I lost her because I no longer laughed. I no longer smiled. Um, I didn't care. I wanted to sleep. Um, I, I was miserable in life. Um, the aftermath of leaving and getting away from um, abuse is also very, very hard on your soul there's you blame yourself for everything that happened and you almost succumb to like this i'm not good i don't deserve to be here um look what i've done to myself um it's 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 a it's a hard coming to for sure it's, it's not easy yeah no i I, I can't imagine. And there, and so it was an, a night where you basically just had a complete meltdown and said to God and to your guardian angels, either you need to do something right now, or yeah. I'm going to do something. It ain't going to be good. It ain't going to be good. Yeah. yeah. And that lead us to, to that. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a, it was a scream and a cry for help because um, you know, it, I, I battled for so long and I was so tired of fighting to try to be happy when I wasn't happy or yeah. to get help when I just felt like life was really just not fun anymore. Um, so I did. I, I screamed at the top of my lungs. I'm like, do something, because if you don't, I am. And that's it's just not going to be good. 
Um, and then that night I went to bed and I woke up, um, with the words, you are light. And it was my own voice, very loud, very poignant in my ear that it, it woke me up from sleep. Um, and it was super weird, <laughs> but I, I woke up and I ended up writing in my journal, you are light. And it was next to just as a, a, a side note for anyone that's going through things because you're so, you feel so messed up in here. Yeah. Um, I took a pen to the paper and I wrote down three pages of things that I couldn't understand what D was doing to me, but I wrote down things that like, I, I'm pretty sure he is right. right. So I wrote all of this down and I handed it off to my therapist and she's like, you're in an abusive relationship. You're with a narcissist. You need to go. You need to exit. And I was like, what? Like I was really dumbfounded. Um, but it was on that, I didn't open my journal until I had like the, you are light. And that was like the starting point of my healing because over time, this wasn't an overnight sensation. This was months and years, but it ended up being that it used to take me four hours in the morning to like put myself together, to get dressed, to try to be motivated, to go and run my shop. Um, to motivate my staff so I could hurry home and come back to bed. Um, and instead of four hours, um, you know, there was one day I did it in three and a half. And I swear to God, I was like, oh, I can sleep for an extra half hour. And I was like, I was stoked about that. And that's when my self-talk started where, and I didn't know that, right? So I wasn't, I wasn't really one for affirmations on the mirror or little sticky notes. Um, but that's kind of what turned for me was I was starting to cheer myself on for the fact of like, whoa, something changed and it, that's good. Like three and a half hours. Um, and then, you know, it would be over time that like someone actually made me smile like a real smile, you know, and, yeah. um, oh my God, there's that, or that good belly laugh that you, you thought was gone forever. Um, those are the little things that I, fed on I, I couldn't get enough of because that's what that's what kept me going was like maybe I'm coming out of it now maybe this is what healing is maybe this is what I have to do my dog keeps licking my leg um, <laughs> my sitting out like, my door like, looking at me like I think it's it's um important to note that like it's it, it really is a it is up to you. There's, there is no easy way out. Um, and I feel blessed to even be able to share my story, but I think the biggest thing and one of the most wonderful things that I think you're doing is voicing because yeah. no one was there telling me things, you know, that happened to them. So I felt ashamed and guilt. And as a business owner, it makes you feel like you're supposed to have your shit together. Right. So when you do this and you have to ask your staff to help you because you got yourself into a mess, um, you were, I was really relying on, you know, your studio, you, um, when I came back out in the world, I was, I was relying on strangers to, to help, help me. Yeah. Um, not that my family and my friends and my best friend, not that they wouldn't do anything for me. Of course. Do everything in the world. 
I think it just came from like, again, it's kind of comforting when people don't know your story um, and so when, or, or know you personally. So when you share something, it's almost like it kind of builds this confidence, like, yes, it happened. I own it. Um, that's no longer something that I'm going to take on. And yeah. if I can help somebody else, then that's, that's my job. Yeah, absolutely. So, I love that you wrote things down. Um, whether you were feeling terrible, bad, good. And I love that you took those, those little rewards to yourself of, oh my God, I got ready and three and a half instead of four. And wait a minute, they made me laugh today. And, you know, maybe even people should, you should, you know, if you're listening to this, you should be writing that stuff down too. You know, the, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. And when you read it, and I do that sometimes when I journal too, and I look back and I'm like, oh my God, like I really felt that way. For God's sakes, I still kind of feel that way sometimes. <laughs> but then it makes you think like, well, shit, I've been feeling this way for an entire year. Now it's got to stop, right? You know, it's like, then you're, you think to yourself, hello, uh, McFly, you've been dealing with this for a year. Because when you don't write it down and you don't date it, then you don't really know that you've been feeling that way for that long. I love that. And I'm so glad that you shared that um, tidbit because I, I think that that is a true nugget of, of what's going to help somebody find their fighter spirit again is giving themselves that little like, yeah, you know, I love that. Oh, okay. So um, we're going to wrap it up there, but I am so happy that you shared your story with us. Thank you, love. I just You're love and adore you. <laughs> My pleasure. I hope, I hope that it helps people out there and, and, and just know like, um, it really is up to you. Um, you know, you're the, you're in charge of your life and you can change it if you want to. Um, it's not going to be easy but like you do get to a place where you can be damn proud of the journey that you came through and what you fought to get here. And, you know, and just, and just keep kicking and keep hanging out with good peeps. And yeah, you know. You're, find your tribe because your, tribe. your vibe might not be your tribe at this moment, but if you find one, it'll become it. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, we'll see. Those of us living with people suffering from a mental illness have a lot to deal with too. They're not the only ones hurting. We hurt with them. Having a supportive community is so important to your health. Would love to hear your story too. Email, of course they make me crazy, at gmail.com.